Welcome to episode 268 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got a good one. We've got our friend Patrick Muzingo from Junkyard returning to the podcast. I say returning, he was on here, what's it been, about almost a year and a half ago? Yeah, I was about to say two years ago. Because they played Tulsa December of 2018, so we probably got it up by the end of that year. We had three of the members of Junkyard on, of course, him being one of them. So very cool to have him back. But before we get into all that, hope you had a good Memorial Day. What did you do? I did nothing. Uh, yeah. Kinda. I mean, on the actual day, I know the weekend involves. Oh yeah, the actual day didn't. I didn't fuck all. Right. Um, I mean, I drank a lot of beer though. Okay. And uh, I guess some kind of insect bit me on my ass because it's like the fucking size of a sand dollar right now. Wow. So that's really fun. It's been a fun day, a fun Memorial Day. Uh, so yeah, who knows? There we might should be a, post a picture of that on our Instagram. Probably not, but th- there might be a trip to urgent care for me tomorrow. Who knows? How oh, shit? You Hope- think it's that? Hopefully it starts shrinking, but it's starting to hurt. So that's a plus. Yay. Anyways, <laughs> to start it off on a positive note. Right. <clears throat> oh yeah. Memorial Day. Hope it was good for the rest of you. Right. <laughs> But before we get into this other stuff, our sponsors, as always, we are sponsored by Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Tattoo shop, of course, right here in Tulsa, as you know from that name. They're at 3146 East 15th Street. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They've got 25 years of experience. They're state licensed, and they are mother approved. A lot of stuff you can check out if you check out their Instagram, their Facebook. They've got a lot of photos up there. Get on there, shoot them an email, or give them a call. You can set up an appointment to get in there and get some work done from Jake and the crew over there at Sunset Tattoo. Huge thank you to them, as always, for their support of this podcast. And of course, Med Farm, located at 24683 East Highway 51. Can't miss them right there off the highway. They've got a drive through which is a huge plus in these days where a lot of people are trying to social distance. You can give them a call. Shoot them a text or an email, however you want to do it. Place your order, and you can go right through that drive-thru. You can also actually go in the shop as well, if you prefer that. You can check out their selection at leafly.com. You can also see all their their specials on their Facebook, which is MedFarm, and their Instagram is MedFarmOK. That's P-H-A-R-M, and the website is MedFarmOK.com. And above all that... Their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause because 30% of their proceeds are going to help build no-kill animal shelters, which is pretty badass. Keep supporting these guys because that is a worthy cause, and not a lot of places put a third of their profits into something like that. So, a huge thanks to Medfarm. And then, of course, our longest-running sponsor, DEB Concerts. They've brought all kinds of amazing stuff to Tulsa, including Junkyard, who we've got on this episode. Right. And other bands like L.A. Guns was with Junkyard, and we've had Saxon and Last in Line and Winger and Warrant and a host of others coming. And of course, with everything going on, everyone knows that concerts are all up in the air, either canceled or rescheduled, but they've still got a couple on the books. The Texas Hippie Coalition show that was originally in April is now June 26th, and that features Poster Child and Sweat Bullets opening. Lynn Hernandez from KMOD will be hosting that show. And then they recently announced that New Metal Revival has been canceled. Who knows? Maybe that tour will happen again in the future. If so, 
hopefully it comes back through Tulsa because I want to see Power Man 5000. Definitely. But still on the books, July 13th at the BOK Center, Poison, along with, I almost said Sweat and Bullets again. <laughs> <laughs> but Poison is playing the BOK Center with Tom Kiefer, who you all know from Cinderella, and then Sebastian Bach, who you all know originally from Skid Row. So get on debconcerts.com to find out ticket info. And, of course, follow them on their Facebook page where you can see up-to-date info if anything changes on either of those concerts. And, of course, anything future down the line whenever concerts start becoming a normal thing again. All right. So before we get into this stuff, let's play some music. Let's do it. This band, many people have heard of, but they might not have heard because they've been around a long time. Hookers and Blow. Nice. Yeah, they've been around quite a while and everybody's seen the name, but they haven't released any music until recently. I see. Back, what was it, December or January, they released their cover of Eddie Money's Shaken, and now they've got a brand new cover of the Rolling Stones song, Rocks Off. So here you go, check this out.
box off the brand new single from Hookers and Blow, which features Alex Grossi of Quiet Riot and, of course, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. That's a cover of the Rolling Stones song from their Exile on Main Street album, which I know you're a big fan of. Oh, yeah. Or you've, seems like you've become even more recently, right? Kind of redis- going back. Yeah, just, you know, when you, you know, getting the vinyl stuff and getting into that and, um, you know, I've always liked the Stones, but really getting into, I mean, I even got a cassette of them now, so I mean, it's really deep, so, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. Well, Hookers and Blow, we've always loved that name, so it's good to finally How be getting some music not? from them. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of that, Dizzy Reed has been on this podcast. Yes, been on the show. He was on here last, I believe it was December, and he talked about how they were trying to get this album out here the early part of this year, but I assume like everything else, it kind of got put on hold because they weren't able to get the finishing touches on it. The press release for the song said that it should be out later this year now, so they'll have a full album out of covers. So be on the lookout for that. That's a that's a great version of that, just like Shaken was. So I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of this stuff. Live streams, we've been doing most weeks. We didn't do it last week, but we did one last night where we talked some about some previous Rocklahoma, you know, highlights over the past 13 years that we've seen since uh, that was supposed to be this past Memorial Day weekend. And, of course, other stuff like new music and everything, so... We try to do those once a week, so just get on our Facebook and you'll be up to date on when the next one's happening. But yeah, Junkyard is the subject at hand. Very glad to finally have someone from Junkyard back on because we've got this new EP that just came out the week before last. And, and man, it's good. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Actually, you'll hear in this interview, you can tell from this interview that we actually recorded this before the EP came out because... We're asking questions about, you know, the versions of the songs that are being on. Yeah, how, how it came to be, all that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. But like most of this stuff, we've been, we're about three or four weeks behind on some of these interviews, so, which is a good thing. But yeah, Patrick Muzingo, the drummer for Junkyard, if you have not paid attention in recent years, they had an album come out in 2017 called High Water, which of course we talk a little bit about as well, which is excellent. And then they just had an album come out. A few months ago in 2019, which was a release of the album that was supposed to come out, it was supposed to be their third album in like 93, I think, and it got shelved, and it had come out in some different kind of bootleg forms and stuff throughout the years, but they finally got an official release out. Talk about that as well. Good. But yeah, so I guess let's just jump into it. Here's Patrick Muzingo of Junkyard. To hear from you. Well, it's good to hear your voices. Jeez, it's nice to get out of out of the house for a minute and chat with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just jumping into it, like, have you been handling everything like the quarantine, just person on a personal level? On a personal level, I have to thank Johnny Martin from LA Guns for everything. That's a public service announcement because <laughs> <laughs> he got mad because I didn't mention him in a in some other podcast. So, okay, Johnny Martin, Johnny Martin. There, we got him out of the way. Right. <laughs> um, actually, I've been working at home because uh, what I do, I, I'm a web programmer, so I've been working at home uh, 
probably for the last uh, 10 weeks, uh, they sent me home early. Um, and then the rest of the rest of my office, they kind of like, you know, they trickled everybody out of there. So, um, it's, it's kind of, for me, you know, on a, on a personal level, it's kind of reminds me of what I did back in 2000 when I started uh, designing websites and programming, cause I did it all from home anyways. So it's like, kind of like, you know, going, going a little bit backwards, but, uh, sometimes, you know, when you're working from home, uh, Sometimes your hours aren't really nine to five. They're pretty much 24 <laughs> seven, yeah. which is, uh, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You get woken up from a nap and somebody needs something sorted out as soon as possible. So you got to like, whoa, I got to, you know, get up and, uh, you know, so, so much for day drinking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's, that, that's, that's fun too, is day drinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can day drink and program, but then one, you know, one keystroke and the whole site goes down. <laughs> but other than that, you know, we, uh, you know, us and the guys, we're just kind of, uh, you know, we, we check in with each other um, once a week. We do a little conference call and especially with Scotty, our management, um, Scotty, our manager from Status Global. Uh, we check in with him once a week just to uh, kind of see what's going on and, you know, kind of get the feel of um uh, what's going on out there. And I know everybody has their, you know, everybody has their opinions on, uh, you know, when things are going to go back to normal, but, uh, uh, you know, we're not scientists, we're not doctors. We don't really know. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess when you guys are talking, are you, are you talking about like band stuff as far as like how to, you know, promote during this time period, or is it more just, business side of things yeah pretty yeah pretty much i mean business side of things and then uh shows that are on the shows that we have on the books uh we we did have a run um that was supposed to be august 1st through the 15th and that was with um we were going to be touring with an old uh band of mine speed buggy as the opener and um that kind of went away uh we had we had shows that we had shows on hold but uh i would say probably 80 percent of them pretty much said well we're going to pull it but uh we still may do four of the 15 shows, but I mean, that's, you know, who knows what's going to happen in August. You know what I mean? You know, it's the state of Texas could be close and the four shows are going to be in Texas. So that could be, uh, that could happen or it could not happen. I mean, you know, and, uh, the, the one thing with all the guys in junkyard, if one guy feels uncomfortable about hopping in a plane, none of us fight each other on it. It's like, Nope, Nope. You know, we're that tar- target demographic and age, we, you know, we don't want to hop on a plane and then come back and we're sick. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, we've been trying to figure out, you know, we had this video that, uh, that, uh, that dropped last week, uh, that we were working on with acetate for the uh, re-release for, um, the third record that never came out on Geffen. And, uh, we were kind of sitting on that video for a while going back and forth on it. So we finally knocked that out and we had this idea cause we had a bunch of, um, we had a bunch of uh, tracks that we did acoustically for high water and that was, a, it was on a limited release. And uh, you know, we were, we talked to the label and uh, we're going to actually put that out as a digital EP. And that should be out probably uh, I would say in the next two to three weeks or something like that. And I think it's like seven songs, um, five of which are acoustic, uh, two of which are electric. And they're kind of, we kind of went, uh, Tim went back in and kind of, um, uh, added some nice flourishes with acoustic guitars on it and pedal steel and stuff like that. So that's coming. That's called the Rome is burning EP. So that's coming out. Yeah. I think two to three weeks and maybe, maybe less. I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was actually on our list of stuff to ask you about. So we're we're looking forward to that one for sure. So are we? I mean, honestly, I haven't. I because what happened with High Water is uh, we we did a limited uh, we did a limited edition, and uh, acetate sold out of all those quickly. So a lot of these tracks are really kind of unheard. And I think one of the tracks, of the the lead track, Roma's Burning, that was only available on the vinyl release of High Water. So anybody that has High Water that has a record player knows the song. But for the most part, I mean, you know, you can't even find it on YouTube or anything like that because it was never released digitally. So it's kind of a cool song. Lyrics, uh, you know, are a little edgy. It kind of explains a little bit about, you know, what's been going on the last three years on a semi-political standpoint, but not really. You know, you know us. We don't really get political. We just, yeah. uh, <laughs> David just writes songs about drinking and, uh, <laughs> and life experiences. And uh, and thank God most of them aren't political. So, <laughs> Or the well, politics you, of being in a relationship. <laughs> well, when you say there's the acoustic tracks or those acoustic versions of songs that are on high water or any of them? also unreleased songs. yeah uh the one that uh charlie star wrote for us uh, uh till the wheels fall off that's going to be acoustic uh with pedal steel on it um i think hell or high water is going to be acoustic um and i believe styrofoam cup um and then uh and then the rome is burning and uh i think we we redid uh that song wallet we did a live version of that so that'll be on there as well there's so, one other song that's escaping me, but uh, I have no idea which song it is. Because, I mean, normally I do the uh, artwork for the albums. And on this, it was like, God, oh, we just need a cover. And that's it. No liner notes, no nothing. So I never got a track listing. So <laughs> <laughs> when it comes out, I'll be just as surprised as everybody else will. <laughs> so was this, uh, I mean, this was an idea you guys came up with because of everything that's going on? Or was this something you guys were had been talking about releasing even prior to the last few months? No, it was, it was, uh, it was basically, uh, it was a, basically an idea of, you know, people are sitting around at home, you know, a lot of people are streaming music left and right. And, uh, and we were like, well, let's kind of give this out there, you know, throw this out there. So somebody has got something semi new, semi old to listen to. So it, yeah, it definitely came up. Uh, it, we should have really called it the lockdown EP. <laughs> a portion of your merch sales are going to meals on wheels. Uh, talk about that. And, how did you uh, get hooked up with Wheels on Wheels? Well, basically, um, so when we start, when 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 the basically the statewide order uh, came down, where everybody kind of stayed at home, uh, I did a little research on you know on people that would be in need of money, and uh, a couple people had suggested uh, you know some local things, but I wanted to do it more on a uh, on a national level, so. I did some research and I found that Meals on Wheels is uh, kind of a, you know, it's a very cool organization that, uh, you know, they deliver meals to seniors that can't get out, you know, or they really shouldn't get out. So, you know, it was kind of a no brainer on that. So we've, uh, we've donated uh, and people have bought a lot of stuff and, uh, and we all really appreciate it. So we've donated uh, quite a bit of money to them and, uh, and still are donating money every day we get orders in and, uh, we get emails from people that bought stuff saying, you know, thanks for, you know, I got, I think we got one email where it's like, well, you know, I told my grandmother about it and she really appreciated it. So that was kind of really, you know, that, that's, that's the kicker, you know? Yeah. I thought that was cool to see. Cause you know, a lot of bands during this time are pushing the merch just to make money. And it's cool to see you guys doing that and giving back at the same time. 
I feel really bad for, I mean, you know, the musicians that, uh, you know, cause all, all the guys in the band really, I mean, we, for, for the most part, we all have jobs, you know, we still, you know, kind of do have jobs. So we don't really rely on, uh, you know, playing show. Well, it's, you know, of course it's nice to have the extra money, but uh, we really don't really have to rely on playing shows to, uh, to make, you know, our rent and stuff like that. But I really feel bad for the, uh, for guys that are out there that, you know, they're road dogs and uh, this is where they make their money. Everybody from the band to the management, to the crew, to the promoters, to the clubs. I mean, everybody's like, God, it's really hurting. So I think what we may do eventually, depending upon how long this goes on, uh, we may do a, uh, like a limited edition shirt and, you know, probably charge like 25 bucks for it. And then maybe, uh, donate some of the proceeds to some kind of musicians fund. So that way, you know, some guys get some, uh, you know, get some money from us, you know, cause we're, you know, I, I would say, I, I say right now we're doing okay. Who knows, who knows how things are going to be in say a month. Right. <laughs> we may be do, doing donations for ourselves. <laughs> Start selling off. And then on our site, there's a, um, there's a page how people can help. Uh, like we've, uh, posted links on, uh, like for, you know, our hometown club is, uh, has a GoFundMe campaign so they can pay off their staff. And, uh, I believe, uh, we put up there for El Corazon in Seattle. And if anybody has any links that they want to, you know, that they want us to put on there, we're more than welcome to put anything on there. You know, we definitely, you know, it's kind of like the old school links page where, you know, it's in one spot where you can go click around and, you know, click and help out anybody. Like, you know, we've donated, I've donated a couple, uh, couple of bucks here and there what you know i think i donated 50 bucks to the viper room you know a couple other places so you know if you got it help if not somebody will help you (laughs) absolutely well you mentioned old habits die hard a bit ago and that came out this past november like how did it feel to finally get these songs out there in an official capacity it was like it was like being constipated since 1993. <laughs> <laughs> God. It was like God. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, I'm not my my stomach is not distended anymore. It's finally out there. <laughs> because there's been so many different versions of it, and you know, years ago, uh, let's just say a certain member of the band that is not in the band anymore, he put it out on. Uh, CD and um, a, a lot of it really it never really meant to be, it was really never meant for public consumption and uh, we kind of didn't know about it until a few years after until like all the CDs were gone and stuff so a lot of that stuff is still on YouTube but when we decided to uh, kind of put a pin in the third album uh, we went back in did new artwork uh, did some curation on uh on the liner notes and uh, actually remastered all of the songs, which was probably the most uh, arduous task that uh, Tim had to deal with um, because a lot of those, uh, a lot of those recordings really just were never mastered. So we finally got it out there. And uh, I think, I believe originally when we did all the demos for the third album, I want to say there was probably about 35 songs or something like that. So we kind of cut, we kind of cut the fat and, uh, I think the five of us uh, picked which songs we liked the best, and lo and behold, all of our lists were exactly the same. So <laughs> it was uh, it was really nice. I mean, I, there was a couple songs where you know, like the label was like, "Yeah, we maybe not that one. We could, you know." I, I think there was one song called "Death Kiss Morning" that a lot of the fans liked, but we kind of looked at it as uh, it, 
it was a, it was a good demo back in 93, but it's not really a good representation of, of junkyard. It was more like, I think we had an outside songwriter on that. So we just kind of said, well, you know, who knows, maybe old habits die hard part two, uh, for, uh, 2024. <laughs> <laughs> so you said Tim, did Tim handle all the remastering on that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Him. And, uh, I, I don't know if, um, cause we, you, we, um, the guy that mixed uh, and our record uh, for High Water uh, is a guy named Stoker, who was uh, he was a drummer for Dexy's Midnight Runners, and he's done a lot of other production. But me and Tim met up with Stoker uh, when he, we were doing our Sucker Punch album in uh, 1996, and ever since then, uh, Tim struck up a, a business uh, partnership with Stoker, so they do music together. So the great thing is, like, we never really go outside of our circle of friends to do uh, any kind of uh, business. You know, it's always, like, in-house. So I don't know if Stoker mixed that, I think, uh, or mastered it. I think Tim may have mastered it. And uh, I believe along with uh, Acetate. So uh, Acetate went in for the major um, mastering sessions and then would send it back to Tim, and Tim would, you know, write notes on what to do on that. So that was uh, that took... That was a long time. That actually took about two and a half weeks to uh, master those. Well, I mean, it's kind of a good position to be in to be able to handle a lot of stuff in the house. If he's doing remastering, you're doing website and all the digital stuff. I mean, is that something you guys just kind of fell into because you had the ability or is that something you guys always wanted that way? Well, we all, I mean, you know, for, for us, I mean, we've all, we've all done time in our punk rock bands and the, you know, I mean, I started off in like 1980 doing punk rock uh, shows and uh, that was the original DIY, you know, generation. So we all came from that generation. So as years go on, you end up um, learning the business pretty well. So it's easy. It's much easier to, for us to like, you know, like Todd does video editing I do the website, Tim does a recording. So it just uh, makes sense for, um, for the for the guys in the band because we know what we want so you know like when todd did the uh the video faded i mean i I don't even think we did a second edit on it i mean because he you know he knows a song like the back of his hand and uh he was there shooting it as well so you know the more he keeps stuff in house the more everything gets done right you know and then we always you know we we want to make ourselves happy but we also know what the fans want so it's uh, when you get another person in that doesn't really know the dynamic of the band. Sometimes, you know, things get a little askew. So, and, uh, you know, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you save a lot of money. <laughs> Along that same lines, I guess, has working with acetate been good in that regards of letting you guys do things the way you want? Yeah, they've been, uh, acetate's been great. I mean, the guy that runs the label, Rick, he's a musician himself. So, you know, it's uh so he gets it when uh i think when we were mixing the high water um he had notes because we went back and forth i think we did probably probably about 20 different mixes for high water so a lot of the notes that that rick from the label came back with were notes that we never thought of but came came from a it didn't come from a business standpoint it came from a musician kind of fan standpoint so that working with uh, Rick at Acetate has just been, you know, it's been amazing. Everything's very transparent, very clear. You can call him at any time of the day and get him on the phone. Unlike, you know, other record labels, you got to email and then, you know, set up a conference call time and all that stuff. So 
he's very extremely accessible. We're extremely happy being on that label. I mean, plus uh, the, the other bands that are on the label, are, you know, we're fans of Super Suckers, Hangman, Rhino Bucket, uh, Prima Donna. God, I don't even know who else he's got on there now. But, um, you know, it, it helps being on a label that you're a fan of the label to begin with. Shifting gears just a little bit, uh, you, know, you, you guys did some shows with Danko Jones recently. We, we thought that was an awesome pairing. It made so much sense to us. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Oh, God, that was uh, – it's funny because, like, Danko's hit us up, um, I would say, in the last three years. He's, his, him, through his management, hit us up a few times to do a full-blown tour. And, uh, for us, you know, having jobs and, you know, lives and families, uh, you know, we couldn't really do like, you know, 45 dates with them. And, um, and I want to say it was probably, oh God, August of last year, when we had just got done with the summer run, we got word that, uh, Denko wanted to do some West coast dates with us and they gave us a long list of dates and, uh, we kind of picked and choose certain dates that we wanted to do with them. And uh, the weird thing was, is they actually scaled down their dates and they only did the four dates uh, for the um, for the West Coast uh, for what we what we just did in February. So we were just ecstatic. I mean, you know, we're fans of Danko to begin with. And uh, finally, to get on the road with them and hang out with the three guys, uh, it was just uh, it, it was a pairing that made the that made perfect sense. Uh, we all got along great. Uh, the dynamic was just fantastic. Uh, we just, you know, we made lifelong friends and eventually we'll, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, 2021, you'll see some more Danko yard dates, uh, hopefully, but, uh, he's just the, the nicest guy in the world. And, uh, he's kind of reminds me of, he, he kind of reminds me of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Cause he's so mellow when you're talking with him and you get and he gets on stage and he's a beast man he knows how to control a crowd like i've never seen anybody do and it's just oh, mind blowing and actually our last show uh with danko and uh was in orange county and that was their last show cuz all of their shows got pulled right after that so it's a, a nice way to end the uh and if we don't do any more dates in 2020 it's a nice way to end 2020 unfortunately if it ended in february it could have ended in february who knows what may happen you know in the future but well yeah kind of like you just mentioned that i remember the, the first time i ever listened to this podcast i was like kind of taken aback because it was like listening to npr after thinking it was going to be like you know the danko jones i know from his albums and watching him on tv you know <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. I did his podcast, and it was it was an honor to do his podcast, as it is an honor to do your guys' podcast. But uh, when I was chatting with him, it was just like it was. I'm glad that you know. I, I'm glad I got to know him before I did the podcast, I, so I knew I was going to get the uh, professor Professor Danko on the line, <laughs> <laughs> rather than the guy that's yelling at the crowd, going, "Get out there and dance, fuckers!" <laughs> when I saw your post that you did that. Uh... I'm sorry, I forget the name of that podcast yesterday. This based uh, German podcast. Oh yeah, that was a blast. Uh, it, it was. It turns out that basically, um, I, I've kind of made friends with. I, I've been with this stick company called Los Cabos. That's a Canadian company. And um, once I got hooked up with them, uh, I met this guy named Jamie. Uh, Jamie Eads. That um, it was also on the roster, and he, we were emailing back and forth, and he was telling me how he was. You know, he grew up on junkyard and stuff like that. So we've been we have been trying to get this together, 
to get, you know, a podcast going to explain my weird drum setup and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it was a fun podcast. I think we were on the line with each other for about three and a half hours. You get two oh, wow. drummers together. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Forget it. It's like, you know, everybody will walk out of the room because it's kind of like two plumbers talking together about, oh, you know, this three eighths inch, uh, you know, <laughs> sync pipe is amazing. Uh, you know, the cymbal stands even better. <laughs> well, so do you get tired? I mean, I'm sure you went into detail on there, but do you get tired of people asking about the angled setup? Nah, <laughs> nah. I, I, it's. I mean, usually I, when I set up, everybody usually the first guy to say something is a sound guy, and he's like, "So, are you drunk?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." I'm like, hey. "I'm like, you'll see, you'll see." And then uh, by the end of the night, the sound guy will come up to me and be like, "Let me sit behind the kid." He looks at it and goes, "Oh, this kind of makes sense. It's semi ergonomic." I'm like, "Well, there you go." <laughs> but no, I never get sick of it. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's not really anything, um, really that original because a lot of old jazz players used to play like that or still do play like that. So I just kind of, um, I just kind of took it to the next level and extremed it out a little bit. And plus playing on bigger drums, you know, it looks a little weird, but I mean, if you look at old jazz guys, you know, especially somebody like Buddy Rich, he, he played a lot like that. So, and that's I kind of have a jazz background, so I kind of went back to basics on that. And it and then I also broke my wrist, so uh, <laughs> that it, it, that made me actually have to switch my uh, playing around a little bit. Well, you kind of alluded to it earlier when you talked about uh, dates in August, and I saw you made a post recently where you're talking about possibly revisiting one or two of your previous bands later this year. Is that still something that might happen? Even if there's not live shows. Oh yeah, we we actually have uh we have we actually have two songs. Junkyard recorded uh, two songs before this whole thing went down. Um, one song is called Lifer that we've been doing live now for about a year, and then the B side of that is uh, a song called Devil on My Shoulder that was uh, I think that might have been one of the songs that was um, we kind of uh, after we did the we we toured with Blackberry Smoke in the UK a couple years ago. And when we got back, Tim started writing stuff and, uh, you know, he wrote it and David threw down some lyrics on a little, uh, on a computer and, uh, uh, it kind of popped up like, let's do that as a B side. So I think the, I think we still have drums left to lay down on that, but, uh, the release date for that was supposed to be for June, but I'm sure that's probably going to be pushed back to, um, to September. So that's, probably that's going to come out there's a single and a video and uh as far as a brand new record yeah we're we're you know we're uh guns a blazing on that as much as we can as soon as we can all get back in the same room together then we're going to start doing that so and then we had also talked about doing a um we had talked about doing a uh kind of a uh, not a live stream concert but a uh, like a video on demand um that was going to be available through either Vimeo or uh, Amazon prime. And uh, that's still in the works, but, uh, and it's going to, it's not going to be like one of those typical um, uh, like concert kind of uh, footage thing where it's like a, you know, us on a stage, it's going to be kind of us in a room, like kind of set up in the round. And uh, as soon as we're allowed to go back somewhere, you know, we're, we're allowed to have more than like, you know, eight people, but no, no more than 15 or whatever. As soon as we get that together, we're going to do that. So, I mean, that's another thing that's on the uh, agenda eventually. I got a random question for you, just based off a of recent okay. viewing here. Have you seen this uh, punk 
let's say it's just called Punk. It's a documentary series that's got several episodes. Oh, the one that was on Epix, right? Yes. yes. So it goes. I, I I believe I I I had Epix for a couple of weeks and then they dropped it from my um, uh, cable lineup. But I saw the um, I saw the last two, and I think the la- the last one uh, kind of concentrated on California punk or kind of the hardcore era with Black Flag, Circle Jerks, and stuff like that. That was amazing. That was really cool. That brought back a lot of good memories. God, <laughs> it's it's funny you mentioned that last episode. I I thought that was that was my favorite one. Yeah, I, really, I didn't see the. I got to I got to go back and find the other one because now that I saw that one, I, I want to go back and see. Like, I, I think the first one was based out of like the New York scene or something, mm-hmm. or it could have been the UK scene. I'm not sure. Like you can get a free trial of Epics, like it just as an app to watch it that way, like on a smart TV. Oh, excellent. Sign up for it, and then I'll be done in like you know what eight hours. Yeah, (laughs) and then say, and then take my credit card off of there. (laughs) Right, right, right on, man. We appreciate you taking the time with us, and thanks for jumping in on our live stream last or the week before last. Well, it's funny. I was sitting there watching TV, and I was like, "Oh, let's see what's going on on the old uh, book face." And I pop on, and you guys are on there. I'm like, "Hey, all right, right on." (laughs) There's some promotion there. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. Well, that, yeah, that was good. Uh, it's good timing, I guess, since it was the day I was wearing that shirt. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I, I've been trying to like steer clear of Facebook a little bit because things. I mean, you know, people uh, get in there and they start. You know, I understand everybody's walked away and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, people get negative, and it seems like it's been a little more on the negative side of like, yeah, we need to open up and stuff like that. It's like I, I everybody's in the same boat. I understand that, but you know, you got to be careful. Right. And uh, so I've been kind of like leaning towards uh, just working and watching. I think I've been uh, watching Turner classic movies. I think what did I watch uh, <laughs> the other night? Uh, I've been watching like Clute and then, uh, go, you know, diving back into old Hitchcock stuff, which is uh, much more interesting than uh, all these brand new uh, releases that are coming out to watch on uh, demand. And I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to watch some, you know, Ben Affleck movie because it's <laughs> terrible to begin with. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, no, never mind. In case he's listening, we're big fans. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. right on, man. Well, thanks for taking the time with us. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys, man. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see you guys soon, you know. And if not this year, definitely, you know, for sure next year. I mean, there has been chatter about us going back to, you know, back where you guys, uh, back to back to um there with uh guns with la guns so hopefully that'll happen i mean it's a possibility i mean you know you never know who knows i mean this year things could open up or it could completely completely be shut down but uh either way we are looking forward to coming back well you mentioned johnny up front from la guns and the time that we interviewed you here at the ideal bar i remember he was sitting there kind of interjecting a few lines into the conversation there right right (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> he likes to poke his head in. <laughs> and he's a good guy. Yep. There you go. Patrick Muzingo of Junkyard. A huge thank you to him for taking the time out to talk to us for a bit. And speaking of, like I talked about before in the live streams, he actually jumped in on one here probably about a month ago, which is kind of how we, you know, got the idea, hey, we need to hit Junkyard up again because it's been a while. Like I said beforehand, if you haven't checked out their new EP, or it's called Rome is Burning, or their previous two albums that came out in the last couple of years. Do yourself a favor because these guys put out quality rock and roll. 
Oh, yeah. Rome is burning. The song itself is just, I mean. Yeah. It's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of excellent acoustic tracks on there as well. So check that one out. But Junkyard, like, you know, we've we kind of become a broken record here by saying Junkyard the last couple of years, I think, because we kept talking about how we couldn't believe that they were coming to Tulsa finally, whenever DB Concerts brought them to the Ideal Ballroom. Right. And getting to see them and everything, and then seeing that show and getting them on the podcast, because they're just such an underrated band from that era, and they, you know, they always got lumped into the hair bands, but they really weren't a hair band. No, no. It's kind of like your Tesla or Saigon Kick or something, where they're just thrown in there because they were part of the time. Yeah. But they definitely cross, you know, like we talked about in an interview with him, punk and some other stuff, they cross lines, you know, between hard rock and punk and everything, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So check you out some Junkyard if you have not, and if this is your first time listening, like we said, they've been on here before, we've had on Tracy and Phil from LA Guns, we've had on Tesla, we've had on Tesla, not the whole band, we had on Frank Hannon, hmm. we've had on Joey Allen of Warrant, we've had on Ian Hogland of Europe. Gene Simmons of Kiss, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard, and a huge-ass long list that covers the gamut of glam metal to thrash metal to country music with Shooter Jennings. So, dig through there and check it out. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, MixCloud, most everywhere they can hear podcasts except for Spotify. Follow us on YouTube, at Ethan Underground. We post a lot of stuff on there that's not part of the podcast. And then check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And our website is thethunderunderground.com. You can see all the socials there, see some reviews. You can listen to this podcast there and all that other great stuff. We've had recent episodes with Lou Brutus, Chris Taylor Brown of Trapped. And we've got episodes coming up with a couple of the guys, Mike and Jeff from Healing the Fray, Ron Kill from the Ron Kill Band. And Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust. So be on the lookout for those coming here in the next couple weeks. All right, once again, thank you to Patrick Mozingo, MedFarm, DB Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.